All right, good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. Uh, my name is Dave Everett. This is my wife, Sherry. Uh, we're going to be continuing our Bible study tonight on Effortless Change by Andrew Womack. And uh, we're going to be in Chapter 2 tonight talking about meditating on God's Word. Uh, and so that's where we'll be tonight. Just so you know, all of our uh, previous Bible studies are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org. As well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. Uh, and so you can find them all archived there. Not only this Bible study, but all of our Bible studies, including our Sunday morning messages. They're all archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org. You can also support our ministry financially, as many have. And we thank you for doing so at lighthousediscipleship.org. I do want to draw your attention that this Wednesday night we're going to be starting a new Bible study by the same author, Andrew Womack on the Believe of Authority. This is actually the first book and teaching I was introduced to Andrew back in 2009-ish, somewhere in that territory. And anyway, and uh, ever since then, I've been, uh, we've been following Andrew ever since. We both graduated from his Bible college back in 2017. Uh, when we graduated from the third year. Second year was in, in 2016. Those of you know who, what that means, but uh, that's besides the point. So we're graduates there. <coughs> and so anyway, here we are tonight. We're talking about effortless change. Now I know that to some of you that just sounds like a strange title. Title. It even sounds like an oxymoron. How can you change effortlessly? Well, no. What we're talking about is how the God's word. God's word is like a seed. His word is a seed. And when you plant a seed in the ground, yes, you need to water it. What do you water with? The word. Uh, you water the word by the word. Uh, you. Give us some sunshine. Our son is Jesus Christ. So there's some gardening involved. There's some farming involved. But the seed, you can't make the seed grow. You know, I don't know about you, but I see the, the grass in the field, and I see the trees and whatnot, and the flowers, and I don't see them grunting, trying to produce a flower, trying to produce an apple, trying to produce a blade of grass. No, there's an, there's an effortlessness. They need to abide in the vine. Jesus talked about that in John 15. Eventually, we're going to be getting to the parable of the sower. Uh, that's going to be one of my main texts, I believe, as we get into this book. But right now, we're just barely getting started with the last chapter. The first chapter we talked about is it all starts with the seed. It all starts on the inside. Uh, this chapter, chapter 2, we're going to be talking about meditating on the glory of God. And I know we started last week, so those of us who are with us, uh, we, read the, we read the introduction. We're going to read that again and then uh, uh, start fresh with chapter 2, and then we're going to go from there. So I'm excited about this book. Uh, of all the teachings, Andrew has several. Uh, this is probably one of my favorites, uh, you know. And so, because we value, if, you, if you've been around us, down around our teachings and in our Bible studies, we talk a lot about having a relationship with the Word of God. I and mean, it's just, it's, it's, so, it's so key, it's so essential, it's so foundational for us. Just like a seed is foundational, uh, you know, we, we, we uh, if we're going to have, we, we're all for morality, we're all for holiness, but it's the fruit of holiness, it's the fruit of righteousness. You can't have the fruit without the root. You can't have the fruit without the seed. And we need to be grounded in God's word. So if there's anything good, any fruit, the fruit of the spirit, anything, it's gonna, there's going to have to be a good seed, a good foundation for that. Anyway, we're going to be talking about meditating on the word of God. Uh, and we'll start with that tonight. So uh, Sherry's going to read for us. She's going to narrate. She'll read it to you. If you don't have a book, and then she's uh, then we're going to talk about it. So right. I remember when the Word of God first came alive to me. It was immediately after my life-changing encounter with the Lord on March 23rd, 1968. The Bible was no longer just a book about what God said. As I read it, I knew the Lord was speaking directly to me. I just fell in love with the Word. When I studied it, the Lord imparted truth to me. I could tell that change was happening in my life. I remember one instance when the Lord spoke to me and gave me a vision of what He wanted to do through me. He had already impacted my life, and I felt called to the ministry. I was in my bedroom at home and still single at the time. I sought in my heart some of the things that God wanted to do in my life. While kneeling down beside my bed and praying with my Bible open in front of me, I was just overwhelmed when I thought about seeing blind eyes open, deaf ears hearing, people raised from the dead, all kinds of miracles. 
I knew that God had called me to teach his word and that people's lives would be changed. As an 18-year-old young man, I was praying over all these things. Then I remember having a kind of vision of many different things happening, including me ministering to people on television, just like I do now. I saw these things and knew they were going to happen, yet I was an introvert. I couldn't even look at a person in the face and talk to them. How was an introverted hick from Texas ever going to be on radio or television? I surely wouldn't have chosen me for that responsibility. Okay, I don't have a lot to say from this first little section here. Uh, again, I have a lot to say about meditating God's word, meditation, and, 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 and at length. But, uh, so, uh, have you have anything to share at this point? So, okay, let's keep reading. So there I was, seeing in my heart a vision of all these things that God was calling me to do, seeing the absolute impossibility of it all in the natural realm. I was kneeling by my bed, praying and asking, Lord, how do I get from where I am to where I know you're telling me I'm supposed to go? It seems like such a huge distance, and I don't have a track to run on. I don't even know how to get there. How do I do this? As I was praying, I just opened my eyes and looked. There was my Bible lying open on the bed in front of me. When I saw it, I heard the Lord say, If you will take my word and meditate on it day and night, then my word will teach you everything you need to know. My word will change everything. I know that sounds really simple, but if it hadn't been so simple, I wouldn't have been able to get it. I took that word as God's direction to me. From that time forward, I just poured myself into the word of God. I didn't think about all of the things that needed to happen for that vision to come to pass. I didn't keep asking, Lord, how do I overcome my shyness? How do I get the money? How do I overcome this and do that? I just forgot all those issues and immersed myself after long periods of time in God's word. Up until the time I got married, I was spending anywhere from 10 to 16 hours a day studying the word and learning the truths of God. As I took God's word and meditated on it day and night, it began to change me. God is no respecter of persons. If you put his word first place in your life and meditate on it on a consistent basis, it will change you. All right, there's a lot of good stuff that Andrew's starting to bring out in his own testimony here. We're talking about uh, effortless change. We're talking about meditating on the word of God tonight. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and God basically told Andrew, you know, he had some... Um, imperfections in his own eyes, being an introvert, being one of them, and shyness, which has to do with being an introvert, whatnot. You know, and I had some of those same things growing up as myself, too. I didn't, you know, I didn't see myself as a leader. I didn't see myself, uh, you know, I saw myself being somewhat shy, and, you know, you get me in a crowd of people at a party, and I, I, you will hardly get a peep out of me. Uh, sometimes I can just be quiet, but you get me around somewhere I'm comfortable Especially around a Bible study, and you can't keep me quiet. So, but at the same point in time, you know, uh, just, uh, you know, the thing that God was speaking to Andrew is that it was, he was teaching him a principle that he was to take with him the rest of his life meditate on my word, get this word in you. You know, and I go back to the, the illustration of a seed. You know, we've had seeds, we even had a couple big jars of seeds that we got somewhere, there were some wildflowers. And they just, they, we actually moved multiple times, and they just seemed like they moved from house to house, from garage to garage, and they just never got planted anywhere. Finally, we just planted, we did plant them, and they did, they grow. Uh, but, you know, the seed doesn't do anything sitting on the shelf. And, uh, but it has to grow. It has to be, in a sense, fertilized or be buried in that, in the so soil, watered and whatnot. But you get that seed, you, you know, uh, whether it's a weed, uh, whether it's a, uh, you know, a, a good plant, you know, um, it, it, once it gets, uh, I guess you can say, emerged into that, 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 that soil and it gets uh, the right nutrition as far as water and sunshine and the proper balance of that, that seed's going to grow. And it's going to grow effortlessly. Now, there's a little bit of effort of... of Get into uh, to watering it, to in a sense gardening that, but the seed grows on its own. You can't make it grow any any faster, any any slower. 
outside of giving it the right nutrition. If you give it too much water, it's going to drown. If you don't give it enough water, it's going to uh, not it's not going to grow. You have to give it the right balance, but it's going to grow on its own, you know. And and so, you know, I my story is similar to Andrew's in some regards. You know, it just. I've studied God's word forwards and backwards. I've had different seasons where I studied it more than others, but I have just studied His word. And I there, there were seasons. There was especially a season between 2009 2013 where I was just in the Word of God all the time. I've had other pockets of time where that was very similar, you know. And uh, uh, you know, and people wonder how I know so much of the Bible, and yet I don't feel like I know enough. But I know so much Bible because I've been studying it. And yet other people, you know, well, I mean, we, we play trivia pursuit or stuff about uh, different uh, sports players or uh, actors or actresses or, or artists. You know, I, well, every once in a while on Facebook I get these little uh, fun surveys about different musical artists or, or whatnot. And I know nothing. <laughs> I don't know anybody. It's like... I felt like I've been coming from a different planet or a different era, you know. I don't know any of that, but you give me the Word of God. I don't know everything, but I know a lot. And it's not just knowing Bible trivia. Uh, that, 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 that doesn't entice me at all. But knowing what the Word of God says. And, you know, even as a pastor teacher, I, I just refuse to teach on something. I just don't have a revelation from God's Word on, you know. Uh, and so... Um, I just can't teach outside of that. You know, I had one person come up to me a few years ago and said, Dave, you use too many verses. You use too much scripture. And they took it as a criticism. I took it as a compliment. <laughs> I mean, it's just, uh, uh, if, you, if you're complaining because I'm using too much scripture, I must be doing something right. Um, so, I mean, that, 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 I can't get enough scripture. Now, I understand sometimes, you know, if you had a nice buffet, you can only have, handle so much. You know, the other night we were making chili potatoes and I just had a little too much. And so I didn't even have dessert that night. For me not to have dessert, that's too much. So, um, but, uh, you know, um, I understand when you can have something good and it's too much and not in one sitting. At the same point in time, you know, it's almost like a, a, a bag of potato chips. You just can't have enough. I just, uh, I can just study, study, study. Uh, not just study for study's sake, but... I want to get that word in my system. I want to know it, you know. Uh, we have uh, Andrew from his ministry has a lot of healing journeys, uh, documentaries on people's healing journeys and uh, our life stories. Um, and so, but a lot of times if it's a healing journey or whatnot, <coughs> if they need a breakthrough in healing, they would just study scripture after scripture on healing. Uh, it wasn't some formula. It would just gain the word of God in their hearts so that they could believe it. You know, they, they were just living and breathing uh, healing scriptures. Uh, the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's a lot to that. And sometimes we just need to get the word of God past, not just in the soil, but we need it to germinate. We need it to gestate and germinate and produce seed after its own kind. You know, and however long that takes. But sometimes we just need to... And what meditate? We're going to get into this a little more, a little deeper. He just barely touched the surface. What is meditating? And me, and I'll just, uh, for me, it's, it's mowing something over. It's like a chow, a cow chewing its cud over and over again. You know, I'm not trying to be gross because some people think this is gross, but a cow has five stomachs. They chew their cud. <laughs> and, you know, you know, I mean, even us, sometimes if we accidentally burp and we taste our, our dinner, that's kind of gross. <laughs> Uh, you know, but a cow does that five times, you know, and that's just how God designed it. Uh, and so, and, and to me, this is, when you get God's word, you can meditate it over and over. And there have been times where I've been busy working, work, especially working retail back in the day. And I would, I, I, yeah, I'm working retail and I don't have a lot of time to be in the literal word of God. But I'm just studying, I, in my mind, I'm meditating on the word of God all day throughout my shift. And uh, it's just been uh, it's been a delight, and I can I can do that many times. There've been times, you know, even in my sleep, I'm in a sense having a Bible study or preaching a message, and I get up and write those notes down because they were good, you know. And so uh, I don't have that happen a lot, but every once in a while I just have a good message, uh, and I got it in my sleep, you know. When you live and breathe something, you know, it just be uh, 
I don't really have any dreams about sports and movies and different things because that's not what I live and breathe. I live and breathe the Word of God. <coughs> Excuse me. Everything you want to add? Uh, no, there's just a lot of good stuff that, that Dave and Andrew are sharing. But, but the main thing is getting God's Word in you for you. You know, uh, Andrew shared his testimony, how when he was... 18 or however many years it was from 18 till he got married about how he's he was in the word of god uh like 16 hours a day and yet a lot of us are like 16 hours a day oh my goodness i don't think i even have that that time available but that wasn't the point that's andrew's testimony you know dave's dad's testimony um he wasn't much of a reader and so just getting, opening the Bible to read even a chapter was overwhelming to him. But he had a sincere desire and heartbreak because he, he didn't know how to get, get past that, that barrier to be able to get into God's Word. But at the time, Dave was in high school and God was changing Dave's heart for wanting more of God. And so... Dave, through the Holy Spirit, started writing out just a verse, a, one verse a day, and leaving it on his dad's uh, place setting uh, for breakfast time because his dad would get up super early to get to work. And so Dave's dad would take that written out verse and he would take it to work and he would put it, you know, wherever he could see it, and he would just chew on it. He would read it and read it and think about it and mull over it and meditate on it. And Finally, he was so he was getting that word of God in him that he was like, you know what? I want to do the same thing back for my son. So he started opening the Bible. He got past that that barricade of oh my gosh, I, I can't get in God's word. It's just too overwhelming because I'm not a good reader. But he was like, no, I'm going to. I want to get find a verse for my son to bless him as he's blessing me. And so then he was able to get in the Bible himself. And whether or not it was five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 hours, it does not matter. He was getting in the word himself to be able to share it with his own son. And that's the whole point of getting in God's word is getting in God's word for yourself. Some people are readers. Some people like reading a whole chapter or seven chapters or a whole particular book of the Bible or do word studies. It doesn't matter how you learn or how you read. Some people like to listen to books on tape. Pop in the Bible so you, you listen to it on tape. But the whole point is of getting in God's word is to study for your own self. Yes, there's the, the verse that says study to show yourself approved, but there's also verses that talk about I think it was the Berean uh, people, they heard from whoever shared the word, whoever taught the word, apostle, disciple, whoever it was, they would hear the word, and then they would go back into God's word for themselves to see if it be so, to see if what the, the preacher, the pastor, whoever was teaching them, if they were speaking the truth. And so they, they, they were able to do both. There's a role of pastors and teachers to be able to explain things to people but we need to get it in our hearts ourselves you know sometimes we can hear uh, a preacher or a teacher or someone oh that sounds really neat but not get into God's Word and then never find out or find out too late that they were just saying something that sounds good but it wasn't based on God's Word there's a, there's a multifaceted benefit of being in God's word for yourself and meditate on it. You know, the, the healing journeys that Dave was talking about, people heard what was out there, whether it be from their own doctors or other people in the church or other people not in the church saying, oh my gosh, you have horrible sickness, uh, you're never going to get healed, or hey, it's sin in your life, you know, whatever the reason is that they wanted to explain why you're going through that. But the people in the healing journeys, what always impressed me is they finally were so fed up and just could not handle what others were telling them that they went into God's word because 
their thought process was, this is what I'm being told, but God says I'm healed. So who's correct? Is it me? Is it my doctor? Is it my neighbor down the street telling me how horrible it is that I have it? Or is God the one telling the truth? And they had to make that decision for themselves. God's word is true. What God tells you is true. So we do need to study and meditate on our own getting in God's word. Pastors and teachers and preachers are from God. They are anointed by God to share the word of God to us. But we also have a responsibility and a joy ourselves to get into God's word to know ourselves. Oh, good stuff. Okay, let's read some more. The title of the section is called Joshua. That's what God told Joshua to do. He was about to take over the leadership role from Moses. Now, if you stop and think about it, Moses would be a hard act to follow. Joshua must have been struggling with this new assignment and asking, God, what do I do? How do I lead these people? The Lord said to Joshua, the same way I was with Moses, I will be with you. Wherever your feet trod, I'll give that land to you. See Joshua 1, verses 3 and 5. God gave Joshua several promises, which are recorded in Joshua 1, 1 through 7. Then he continued saying, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Joshua 1, 8. Now at this time, all the people had were the first five books of the Bible, the ones that Moses had written out. Today, because we have the completed scriptures, I believe that instead of this book of the law, we can say, the Bible, the word of God, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Joshua 1.8 Let's start at the end of this verse and work back. Most people want to be prosperous and have good success, yet I find it amazing that the vast majority of people bypass the first part of this verse. They'll spend their prayer time asking God to please prosper my business, please cause my marriage to succeed, please heal my body, but they won't do what the word says. Joshua 1.8 reveals that the way you get prosperity and good success in every area of your life is to take the word of God and meditate on it to the degree that it saturates what you think about, what you talk about, and how you act. When God's word literally begins to control your life, you will prosper and have good success physically, emotionally, relationally, financially, in every area. I am living proof of this truth. This is exactly what my life is based upon. Yeah, I like this. And we'll, we'll get into some of the good stuff here. You know, just, uh, uh, when, you know, especially when Andrew's saying, uh, yeah, I'm trying to find it real quick, but it's near the end of our last paragraph, big paragraph we just read. Um, but uh, um, you know, just this whole idea about prospering. You know, um, I know we can talk about prosperity from a lot of different perspectives. And me, prosperity is not just finances, but it also doesn't exclude finances. One of my favorite verses on prosperity is 3 John verse 2, where uh, God says, I, I pray that you prosper me in good health as your soul prospers. I don't want to just prosper financially. I want to prosper my soul. What's your soul? Your mind, will, and emotions. I know a lot of people who are well off financially, but mentally, psychologically, they are not prosperous. <laughs> they got a lot going on. There's a lot of turmoil, depression, discouragement, whatever you call it, addictions, various kinds. I want to be prosperous, spiritual body. The word prosperity in the Hebrew is the same word for salvation. And so it's the exact same word. You know, and how, you know, we're talking about the word of God being a seed. And we all want to be the seed, the soil. And in the parable of the sower, we all want to be the good soil where that seed produces 30, 60, and 100 fold. That's prosperity. I want to see that God's word be prosperous in every area of my life. My finances, my relationships, 
uh, my health, um, and my vocations and jobs. I want my whole field and life to be prosperous. I love those words that God told to Joshua, every feet that your every place where your feet will trot, I'll give it to you. And I understand that was to Joshua in the Old Testament, but I also believe, you know, uh, we are blessed. We are blessed and not cursed. Uh, it says in Deuteronomy that, uh, in other places, that, you know, uh, I mean, there's so many scriptures I can bring out that are just coming to me left and right right now. But, uh, you know, all the promises of God are yes and amen to the glory of God by us or through us, depending on what translation you read that. They're by us. The promises of God are supposed to flow through us. We're supposed to be prosperous. Well, how do we get this prosperity to start? Being in God's word. Uh, I mean, I mean, I love this, what Joshua said. I, I agree with Andrew. We can substitute the law with the word of God. Um, um, shall not depart from your, your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. We want to have good success and be prosperous, but we need to meditate on his word day and night. Now, some people take this back up. Most of you know that we preach grace here, and you're thinking that we're getting back into performance. No, we're talking about, as grace, we're trusting what God says. And God says that we are to meditate on God's word. Grace doesn't work because you do it on your own. Grace is, be, uh, grace, uh, by, uh, by grace you are saved through faith. You need to put some faith to that grace for it to work. You, and how, how does that faith work? It comes from the Word of God. You can't get faith without the Word of God. And no matter how much grace you, grace you have, unless you have faith to activate that grace, it's not going to work. The car is not going to turn on without that key. Uh, you might have all the grace you need, but uh, you need something to turn that on. <coughs> you know, it says in Philemon, verse 6, that the communication of your faith becomes a Factual, as you acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. How do I even know what's in me in Christ Jesus if I'm not spending time in God's Word? I know what's in me in Christ Jesus, but my faith can't be effectual until I acknowledge every good thing that's in me in Christ Jesus. You know, I look at our lives. In 2009 to 2013, Sherry and I were, we basically were in a financial famine. That's what I call it, a financial famine. We had five years. We had no home. We had no job. We had no car. We didn't even have a phone. We had no money, no income coming in at all for five years. Not one paycheck, not one ounce, not uh, came in. Every once in a while we get a little gift or a Christmas gift or whatever, but we had no money coming in for five years. No job. We didn't have a home. We were living with our grandmother. Uh, praise God for that. Otherwise, we would have been homeless. Uh, no one else had offered anything. I'm not saying they wouldn't have, but uh, we can't, you know. Um, but that's where we were. That, that's our situation. <coughs> and, uh, you know, during that time, I spent a lot, we spent a lot of time applying for jobs. I was with 30 plus activity agencies. I couldn't even get an interview. We were trying for jobs left and right. We, I spent also a lot of time God's Word. Uh, during those times, uh, I even wrote two and a half books during that time. Uh, actually, more because I, I wrote even an accounting book uh, as well. So I even wrote other books. I had a lot of time. I spent. I put. I mean, I put thousands of applications out there, from McDonald's, Taco Bell, all the way to things I I, I, I thought I could do. You know, and uh, I couldn't even score an interview, let alone a job. And. Uh, you know, we went from there, and we look at our lives now. We've had some bumps in the road, and we've had some challenges. That's what I mean by bumps. <coughs> but when we've done our jobs, we work. We, we've done things. We work We work diligently. Sometimes we work too much. Uh, but at the same point in time, God has blessed us. Yes, we tithe. We believe in that. And, but we spend a lot of time in God's Word. We've been there a lot of time doing what God's called to do. And we have been blessed. And I, it's hard for me to see someone being, having a relationship with God's Word. And not just studying it, but as you study God's Word, do what it says. Not that you're trusting what you're doing, but you're trusting Him 
who told you what to do. There's a difference between trusting your religion or your performance. And, you know, uh, I was listening to a little bit of a message. Sherry was listening. It was from our, well, some of our free Bible classes. I forget what the, the class title was, but it was from Dwayne Sheriff. Talk, I think it was Made Right by God, by Dwayne Sheriff. And he was comparing uh, good works. To, uh, we're, not, we're not saved by our works, but we were saved to do good works. Uh, you can't save yourself by your performance, but you were saved to do good works. And so your works won't save you, but now that you're saved, you need to go do good works. How do we even know what the good works we're supposed to do? Spending time in God's Word, having a relationship with Him, the Holy Spirit, as I've been teaching on Sunday mornings and whatnot. That's how we know the good works we're supposed to do. Those works won't save us, but we were saved to do good works. We were saved to bring edification to the body of Christ. I could be talking about the gifts in a couple weeks on Sunday mornings, but the gifts are not for you. The gifts are for you to minister and more importantly, the gifts are not the power. The gospel is the power of God. The gifts are to enable you to, you to speak and to minister the gospel. Not to, If all you do is minister the gifts and there's no gospel, there's no Jesus, to me that's very powerless. That, that, that's wrong. That's not what the gifts are for. I'm not saying that God can't give you some direction and different things in life, but ultimately, God gave you the gifts to preach the gospel and to minister to one another. I'm not saying there's not some direction. He can, I mean, he showed me where my keys were. That has really nothing to do with the gospel. But I need to get those keys so I can go when I go where I need to go so I can preach the gospel. You know? Uh, I mean, there's some things that we can do. It's not witchcraft. It's not psychic. It's not fortune-telling. Uh, anyway, I'm getting, off, I'm getting off key here. But when we meditate on God's Word, and even meditate, people don't understand that because we think of meditation in, in, in an evil sense, and there is an evil sense of meditation. You know? Uh, but we, we are getting God's Word. We're mowing it over. We're having a relationship with the Word of God. You know, we all meditate. Some of you are like, I don't meditate. I, I wish I meditated God's Word better. You ever worried about something? All day, not, all day long, I kept you up at night. You couldn't sleep, couldn't see straight, you lost your appetite, you think about it when you're in the shower, you think about it when you're laying down in the bed, you think about it when you're driving the car. You ever meditate you ever worry about stuff? That's meditation in a negative sense. You ever play the what if what if this happens? What if that happens? Or you re replay the conversation or activity you just had. Did I say it right? Did they understand me right? Well, this is what I should have said. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. That's meditation. In a, in a different sense. We're, mow, we're mowing over the conversation or activity that just took place. You ever been in an argument with somebody and at the, at the end of it you just replay that scene over and over and over and over again? That's meditation in, in a negative sense. And so uh, when we get God's word, you ever hear the doctor's report and they said this or that? And you just mowing that over and over again? Or you get your financial report? Or you listen to news or hear, hear some politics and you just grumble about that thing over and over again? That's meditation, in a, in a, in a sense. And so uh, we all meditate, but I want, and I'm not saying there's not other things that we meditate on, but I want this to be the dominant thing that I meditate on, things that come from God, things that come from the Spirit of God, and things that come from God need to back this up. If the principle that if you get a word, a thought, a notion, and it is not supported by this, by principle, it, I, I have a hard time saying that's from God. You know? It just, this is my standard, and I'm going to meditate on his word day and night. And if I meditate on his word day and night, when I get another word from somebody or something or from my own, from the Lord itself, I'll recognize if it's from God or not. There's some things that people will say, Sherry said such and such. And I'm like, no, she did not. <laughs> uh, like, you know, this would be a funny example. This hasn't happened. But Sherry bought some sushi. No, she didn't. <laughs> Sherry's not going to have anything to do with sushi. She's not going to have anything to do with watermelon. She's not going to have anything to do with certain things. I know there's certain things that she won't say, she won't do, she won't go. 
You know, why did I know her? There's certain things I just, there's some teachings, and every once in a while I come across someone saying something. Everything else they said was good, and then they said one little thing, and like, uh uh, that wasn't, that's not God. I don't know where he got that from, another teaching or whatever it would be. But how I know it's not God? Can I have a relationship with God? God? Do I know everything? No. The Spirit of God knows everything, but I don't know everything. But I know a lot. And I, and for the mo- in most cases, I know enough where I can recognize that's God, that's not God. I don't know everything. You know, sometimes I have to, there's something I just have to pray about for a while. And there's sometimes where something comes across, you know what? I just don't know. I don't know why. I can't put my finger on it, but something's bothering me about what happened or what someone's doing or not doing, you know. And But how do I know some of that? One, I have a relationship with God. There's a check in my spirit, but then also... I know God's word, and there's a certain principles. Med- meditate on His word day and night. But we're talking about effortless change. We're talking about getting this God's seed in, in our heart. And when we meditate on day and night, we're going to get into more of the semantics of this and, and how this works. But when you meditate on God's word day and night, you will prosper. Our God, we have been God's word day and night for the last several years. Our marriage has prospered. Our finances have prospered. Many relationships have prospered. Some have not. Some have actually extinguished, but they needed to be extinguished because it just it came out where, where it, was, it was negative. But, you know, it's just a, um, every area of our life has prospered. And I'm not saying we don't have our challenges. We do. Welcome to the real world. There's going to be challenges in this world. But behold, I have overcome. And we have overcome by the, the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We, and him, we, have, we are overcomers. And Jesus had challenges. The apostles had challenges. But they overcame them by the Spirit of God and by the power of the word. And so I'm not saying everything's going to be a bed of roses. But I'm saying that you, will, you can prosper even in the midst of all the client. Uh, because we're part of God's economy. Financially, emotionally, every which way. And if a friend or a family member goes south, God can bring other people. God can bring the body of Christ and the family of God to replace that in different things. And then there's so many different areas. Like, you know, I'm talking about prosperity. There's different areas of prosperity. You know, for some people, they might be prospering their finances, but their relationships are sad. Their family environments are not prospering. Or their, their health is not prospering. Or their, maybe their health is prospering, but their finances are struggling. There's multiple areas of our lives that I want them all to prosper. And I want, I want the whole enchilada to prosper. And how are we going to do that? We're not going to do that by the flesh. We're going to do that by the Word of God. And Jesus said, the Word I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And that we need the seed of God's Word. We need the... Not only the seed, but we need the fertilizer, we need the water, we need the sun, because the word is not the ink, the word is is a person, his name is Jesus, and the word of God is the sun, the word of God is the water, the word of God is the seed, the word of God is the fertilizer, the only thing the word of God is not the soil, and that's our hearts, our hearts is the soil, and the word of God in the parable of the sower went on four different kinds of soil. It's the same word, the same seed, but it depended on the soil whether that seed was going to be prosperous. The seed will be prosperous, but it has to fall in good soil. And I want my heart to be good soil. And if you're not meditating on your, your day and night in God's word, that is not good soil. That is not good soil. Oh, such good stuff. Uh, my mind wants to go on, on so many tra- trails because of, of things that Andrew and, and Dave has shared, plus different examples that I've seen in my, in my own life or in others. Um, you know, I, I had shared just a little bit ago about Dave's dad, how he couldn't, he wasn't much of a reader and he couldn't get into God's word and he felt bad over it. Uh, but he, he did take some steps. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit, you know, I shared how the Holy Spirit led Dave. And then um, the, the Lord, uh, it, because of Dave's dad being able to, to meditate on God's word and then having a, getting that desire himself to be able to get in, in the word has really changed him. 
Um, and what I hadn't shared earlier when I was talking about Dave's dad is today, Dave's dad leads a Bible study in his driveway amidst all the COVID and the rules and having to social distance. Dave's parents lead a Bible study in their driveway for their neighbors. They love God's word so much because they have a relationship with God and his word that they want that for their neighbors. They know the time is short. They know that the, the neighbors that they, um, that they interact with uh, since they've been in this neighborhood go through a lot of hard stuff and they want to share the word of life the God of life with them and you know something simple from reading a verse a day to leading a Bible study you know that's that's a big deal you know Dave shared about our season of financial famine and then going to, to, to uh, Bible college you know during Bible college you know I, I've seen um, Dave and I have been married over 20 years and I've seen his growth it's easier for me to see his growth than my own, uh, just because I'm, you know, on the outside looking in, you know, for somebody else. But during the the years we were at Bible college, you know, we've shared. We went four days a week, uh, three or four hours a day. Plus, they had a lot of Saturday events, and so we were getting four to five days a week of just being in God's Word, of just being with right fellowship. Uh, worship, uh, but just getting God's word and just soaking in, soaking in. And we didn't go so that we could be changed. We didn't go because it was a notch on our belt. We went because we wanted to know more of God. And the just getting the word and feeding on it and letting the seeds grow in the soil of our hearts, you know what? We've had people come to us left and right saying, we see a difference in you. We see a lightness in your heart. We see the joy of the Lord. We see you at peace. We see the wisdom that you have. We weren't going for those reasons, but those were byproducts of putting God's word first. And we grew exponentially. And, you know, I've seen Dave hours on end being in the word, you know, Yes, he looked for jobs during those five years. I mean, I've never seen someone work as hard as he did looking for work. But he also, because there wasn't much else to do besides look for work, he got into God's Word to study it for himself. He, he, wanted, he liked quoting Andrew and Joseph Prince and the, and the different Bible teachers because these were men and women of God who taught the Word of God and it was amazing and great and they changed his life but when he was like you know what these people are great they're they're from God they're they're really speaking the truth but I need to stop quoting them and I need to study for myself to see if these things be so and he set them aside and just opened the Word of God for himself and studied it and studied and it was it was like a fire hose. He couldn't get enough. He was just so hungry for God's word that he just, I mean, it was like he was at a buffet eating God's word all day long. Um, and I, leaps and bounds he changed. I mean, he just grew spiritually. It was incredible. And yeah, it was all because he opened God's word for himself. And there's no mystical or magical formula it's just you getting God's word for yourself and having a relationship with the word, a relationship with God, a relationship with Jesus Christ, a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because you can read this word, but unless you have the Holy Spirit to explain it to you and give you revelation knowledge, some of this stuff is really hard to understand. You know, for years I would read the Old Testament some of it is pretty self-explanatory, but other bits of it, I'd be like, why God? Why do you have this in your word? It does not make sense. But when I had a relationship with the Holy Spirit and just, I talked to him all day long, just some of it's funny, some of it's serious, you know, some of it's just help me find my keys type conversation. I mean, if, if people could live inside my head, they'd probably run away screaming because 
I'm just, my thoughts are just so crazy. But I am constantly talking to the Holy Spirit. Because uh, I know I need his help just to live, to breathe, to understand God's word. You know, and all of this is of what Dave and I and Andrew are, are sharing about meditating in God's word. You know, using Andrew's example, how he was 18 and being in the word 16 hours a day, you know, it, it brings me back to, to Matthew 6. Um, we can start in verse 32 and, and at least 33. But after all these things, and, and Jesus himself is talking about how the birds of the air and the flowers of the field don't need to, to worry because God already provided their basic needs. And he's saying that we don't need to worry because for after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. You know, during those five years of financial famine, Dave and I could very have easily said, oh my gosh, we don't have money. Oh my gosh, we have to live with your grandma. Oh my gosh, you know, we don't have any money. Oh my gosh, you know, even we couldn't even get uh, aid from the state because whatever reason their excuses I don't know I don't know how the system works and I don't really care because the point is they weren't my provider they weren't our provider but we had one common thread throughout the five years we knew that God was taking care of us and we knew that God could get us out and that we could rest in him to meet our basic needs did we like living with my grandma not especially you know we, we loved her but it wasn't ideal did we like not having a job to do? No. Did we like not being able to give financially to the church? No. We hated not having a purpose those five years. But we did seek God first, and he took care of all of our basic needs. And even now, you know, we look back at the time frame from that period, and we see the revelation knowledge that God gave us, we see all of our needs being met, bills being paid. Honestly, I don't know how we could have done it. Uh, I don't know how we did it, but God. And I know we're talking about meditation, and I know we're talking about Andrew's central theme of effortless change. But something to think about during this study, because it really reminds me of this, is in Philippians chapter 2, 12 and 13, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, semicolon, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. At first, it's like, work out my own salvation. How on earth do I do that? It sounds like works. Hmm, it seems like Dave just spoke about that just a little bit ago. No, it's not on works, but we do have a part to play. We do need to have faith in God's word. We need, do need to seek his kingdom first. But it doesn't say work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, period. It continues the thought, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Yes, we have a part to play. We do need to have a relationship with him. We do need to have a relationship with his word. We do need to take our faith seriously. Yes, we get to have fun with God. I'm not downplaying that. But it is God, his word in us. Yes, we have the soil of our heart that needs to, needs to be the right soil for his seed to, to sprout and grow. But we need to receive it. And we need to have faith in his word. Right. Good stuff. So we have one more time, right? Ten minutes. Okay, you about ten minutes. So let's, we're going to read, uh, read one more section. Uh, focusing your attention. You may be thinking, but Andrew, I work a job. I can't meditate on the word day and night. Or you may be saying, I have two or three kids at home. I'm constantly running around here and there doing this and that. I can't just sit there reading my Bible and not pay attention to what's going on with my children. 
Most people don't believe that you can literally meditate on the Word of God day and night. They think that this is a totally impractical demand. They don't understand the true definition of meditation. Meditation is simply focusing your attention on something to the point that it never leaves your consciousness. Worry is meditation. It's just meditation on something negative or evil. Whatever your daily demands are, watching children, running errands, cleaning the house, taking your kids places, preparing food, you've gone through days accomplishing all of these activities while at the same time your mind was fixed on thinking, how am I going to pay for this? What are we going to do? Is my spouse running around on me? Are they with someone? Are we heading for a divorce? You were able to do all the things you needed to do, yet your mind still worried about those other things. In your career, you could be doing whatever kind of job you do, yet in your mind you may still be thinking, how is this situation going to work out? You could be sitting there thinking, you have something else occupying your mind. You're worrying about this issue day and night. If you're honest, there have probably been times when certain problems have bothered you to the point where you dream about them. You experience a fitful night of sleep because your mind was still stayed on. What am I going to do? How am I going to get out of this situation? That's worry, which is a form of meditation. The part of you that worries is the exact same part of you that meditates. Meditation is just focused on positive things. If you have children at home or you're working a job, it's wrong for you to sit down and study the word 16 hours a day. This is not being faithful to your family, boss, or employer, to the responsibility you have been assigned. But you can take a passage of scripture, read it, and then meditate on it the rest of the day and night while attending to your responsibilities. You can be thinking of the word of God and considering, how does this apply to me while you're going about your daily activities? Yeah, there's so many scriptures that come to mind of, you know, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be, uh, forget how it goes, be pleasing your sight, O oh Lord my God, my Redeemer. You know, uh, he will keep a perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon me. Uh, you know, there's several scriptures that just talk about how we keep our minds stayed upon the Lord. Uh, that's important. And it takes, that does take effort. But when, if we, if we, Take the effort to keep our minds stayed upon his word, upon him. And our we're going to see, and we're going to get into this, our lives will begin to change effortlessly. You know, Sherry mentioned that time we went to Bible college. We were going 16 hours a week, sometimes more. Some people don't even go to church 16 hours in a month. Or some, some people don't even go 16 hours in a year. You know, we were going to church more than some people have done, even in a lifetime for that matter. But, uh, you know, uh, but we were, we, we were, we were saturating God's word. And yet our marriage was, was, we were also working full-time jobs. We were going to school full-time and working full-time. We didn't have much time for anything else. We were usually eating dinner about 11 o'clock at night every night. And some people I know can't do that. I understand that. God gave us the grace to do that. We're, we're fine, and we still do that sometimes to a certain degree. But at same point in time, you know, uh, God kept us going. But, you know, our lives were prospering during that time. We were uh, we were in God's Word. I encourage everyone to go to Bible college. <laughs> I mean, I'm, not everyone is called to be a pastor or minister. And most of the people we went to Bible school were not. But we're all able ministers of the new covenant, Second Corinthians three six. You know, you all we all can serve one another. We all want to reach our families. We all want to reach our world. We need we need people who are grounded in God's word in every vocation. We need moms and dads and grandparents to be grounded in God's word. We need American citizens and people of whatever country you might be listening to grounded in God's word. Wherever you work, wherever you reside, whatever your lifestyle is like, you need to be meditating God's Word. That needs to be your focus. You know, he dealt with the, the worrying. I already dealt with that. I'm not going to address that again. But, you know, that is a form of, of worrying. I said I'm not going to deal with it again. Yeah, I'm, I'm dealing with it again. 
But you know, it's just, we do it. Most of us have, and know what? We didn't have to take classes on how to worry. We didn't have to go to a seminar and have a guest speaker about worrying. But yet we have to have a teaching on meditating on God's word. You know, and so, but we, so we are all <coughs> experts about worrying. And so I must feel like Job, who said, the thing that I fear most happened to me. <laughs> and Job did say that. Job said that was his, one of his testimonies, and from a negative sense, the thing that I worried about the most happened to me. That was meditation came to full, 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 full fruition for him from a negative sense. I'm not saying that the whole, the whole, the, the whole, uh, where everything happened. But at the same point in time, uh, you know, some of us, we spend our, all our days. And all, did you know almost every sickness comes from st stress, worry, of some sort, anxiety? We're, we're killing ourselves, worrying about stuff. If you can kill yourself by worrying about stuff, by every kind of sickness and disease, what do you think the opposite of that would be? If we start meditating on the positive of God's word, our lives, our physical bodies are going to prosper, not decay, and not get every disease. It's going to, you know, God designed our bodies to heal itself, but it can't heal itself when it's destroying itself through stress and worry. Our whole bodies, our whole life are going in the opposite direction. God designed it because we worry. We need to meditate on God's word and not worry about stuff. We all need a lesson there, I believe. And, and there's something there. We can, our, our life can take a whole totally different direction. Effortlessly, in a sense, if we will meditate on God's word day and night. Not as a religious... Don't do it religiously. You might need to do something in a sense religiously to get a jump start. I understand that. We have to labor to get into that rest. There's a rest for the people of God. But sometimes we have to labor to get in there. Sometimes we, you know, if I, let me just paint the picture this way, what I'm trying to say. If I spent time with my wife out of duty and not because I wanted to, she's going to know. And it's not going to go over so well. There's sometimes, yeah, we got to set the calendar. We got to, I got to turn off the computer and I got to you know, set time aside so we spend some quality time. I understand sometimes I have to make some, we have to make sometimes some sacrifices and some adjustments so we spend time. But if that's all we ever did, we always did it out of obligation, religiously, spend time together, the relationship's not going to prosper. But if we don't spend time together, our relationship's not... If any, any relationship where the two parties are not spending time together, there is no relationship. There's no friendship. If you don't show up for work, there is no employee-employee relationship. I don't care what shows up on the tax forms. You, if you're not showing up for work, you are not an employee. <laughs> I don't care what, what it says. There's no relationship if there's not interaction, connection. We need to have a relationship with God's word and day and night. And I and I have a relationship with her day and night. I can't just say, hey, oh my God, you ate the five. You know? I can tell my boss that. I can't tell her that. You know? Yeah, you know, I've had some pastors and ministers through the years where they tell their secretary and their staff, you know, they're scheduled, especially the ones who are busy and they have a big busy schedule. They'll tell them that, but they say, I don't care what I'm doing. My family, my kids, my grandkids, my wife, our spouse can interrupt me no matter what I'm doing. You know, and there are also some guidelines with that to a certain degree, but I like that. God can be interrupted no matter what we're doing. And yes, we got different lifestyles, like a mom with a bunch of kids, or a dad, or both. Or we just got a very, uh, you don't know, sometimes our work schedule. Some of your work schedules, I mean, I would be pulling out my hair even though I'm losing it. You know, uh, uh, just doing the jobs I do. Sherry had a job one time that was very demanding. We finally had to let that go. It was just wrong. Uh, she was working 24-7. She was getting phone calls in the middle of the night. 
I mean, and she still had the answer. And, and she didn't get paid overtime. She got paid salary. She got paid 40 hours a week even when she worked 120 in one day. She, I mean, I know that's impossible, but you got my point. You know, and I just like, you know, it's not worth it. I mean, there's no, there's no job that's worth it if you're going to die over it. And so that's my point is we need to have a relationship with meditating God's word. Stop worrying about stuff that, worry, I mean, she taught from, she read from Matthew 6. In that Matthew 6, Jesus said, you can't add one ounce of life by worrying about anything. You can't add to your life. You can't change. And there's many things you can't even change it by worrying about it. You can kill yourself over time. It's a slow death. But worrying and stress, you're going to bring every infirmity in your body over time. Not just not just ulcers, but uh, cancer. I, you know, I was a youth pastor. I used to have youth coming to my office with ulcers. They're too young for that. But they were worrying about stuff they shouldn't be worrying about. And, you know, we need to meditate on God's Word. <coughs> you know, if you're meditating God's Word day and night, you're not going to be worried about much. And so... Uh, you know, I, I love the verse that Dave uh, referenced a little bit ago uh, in Isaiah about uh, He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. And I'm speaking uh, from God speaking. If we keep our mind on God, we will be kept in perfect peace. And the way to keep our mind on God is to have the relationship with Him. But some of us, and I can say that now because I, I've actually passed that on how do I have a relationship with God? We have so many people that is one of the most number one uh, questions people have. What does that look like? How do you have a relationship with God? How do I know Him? Well, one, you talk to Him, but two, you have a relationship with this written Word so that you can have a relationship with the living Word. And, you know, I, Isaiah almost, the verse in Isaiah almost uh, takes all of Andrew's book in a nutshell. If we keep our mind on Him, He will keep us on perfect peace. You know, there are things in life we can't change. But we can respond how God would have us respond to. We can prosper in ways that the world is saying, no, we're in a famine. No, we're in a drought. No, we're, you know, the, the whole earth is going to hell in a handbasket because of global warming and this, that, and the other thing. But God's word, that's the reality we need to live. You know, God says, I want you to prosper God told Joshua, I mean, if, if you read in Exodus and in Joshua about the, the children of Israel under Moses' leadership and then Joshua's, you know, they went from being in bondage under Pharaoh to wandering in the desert because they didn't have the faith to realize that the giants in the land that God told them that I'm giving you this land and they were scared because the people looked so much stronger than them you know that that whole that this this whole bit of history um, you know it, Moses and Joshua and even Caleb they trusted God they saw the, you know, Moses saw the, the bondage and the burden that the children of Israel were under, under Pharaoh. Yet God said, Moses, I've called you to lead my people out from under this bondage to a land that I am giving you. That I promised Abraham that I have not gone back on my promise to Abraham. And I'm giving it to, to you, the children of Israel, you, plural. Just follow me. And Moses was like, well, in the natural, it looks like this. But God said this. So he, he, he basically dropped what his, his eyes, his physical eyes saw. And instead, he trusted God to, to lead him. And supernaturally, God led the children of Israel out from, from Pharaoh's thumb and bondage into a land flowing of, with milk and honey. Yes, there were... Uh, some some enemies they had to drive out and they they 
the children of Israel thought that the enemy looked like like giants and, and they were grasshoppers. They felt so little and weak and insignificant. But because they trusted in God and put God first, they were able to conquer the land and, and live in the promised land. Yes, they had some hiccups and headaches, but you know, when we don't trust God, we get those and don't get me wrong when I say hiccups and headaches. So a lot of what people go through are not just a little hiccup or a headache. There's some major catastrophes and, and horrible things happening in their lives. But when you read the Bible, some horrible things happened to, to a lot of people. But because they trusted in God and what God said about it, and they kept Him first, and they kept their eyes on Him, and He kept them in His perfect peace, they did prosper. You know, uh, Andrew and a couple other ministers back, I forget when we had a financial famine in the United States. I'm not talking about the... the, the Great Depression in the 30s, I'm talking about more recently, within the last 20 years, a lot of people lost their jobs. Um, there, there was just people had to, such financial hardships, and yet there were churches and ministries that prospered, not because they put their focus on people, but because they trusted God, and God flourished their ministries. You know, in, in the natural... Um, Think things happen, but when we trust God and His Word and what God's Word says about things, you know, the, the verse, I forget where Dave said it was, but the, the prayer of whoever wrote it said, I pray that, you're, that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. It goes back to uh, Romans 12 about renewing our mind and renew our mind to God's word and what God has to say because God's true his word is true and it and it's God's word and our relationship with him that changes our lives awesome this is good stuff we can talk about this till the cows come home and eat and after they come home and before <laughs> they go insane. out again the next day anyway we're out of time for today so uh, I just want to let you know starting this Wednesday Wednesday night at 7 o'clock we're going to be starting a new book, Believer's Authority, uh, by Andrew Womack, and we'll talk more about that on Wednesday. But anyway, let me just pray us out. Lord, we worship you. We thank you for your word. Lord, teach us. And I remember back in my high school days, Lord, a lot of us high schoolers, we got around by room 12, and during our break, we, we used to pray something like this. Lord, teach us how to be a Christian. Teach us how to follow you. Teach us how to... To love you. Lord, I pray that you teach us all that again. Teach us how to have a relationship with you. May we never, even some of our best veterans who've been walking with you for a while, teach us afresh the first fruits, the basics of a relationship with you. That's how we started. And that's how we will continue. Teach us to love your word. Teach us to love and teach us to meditate on your word day and night that we might have good success. We worship you. We magnify you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. God bless America. And we'll see you on Wednesday at 7.